Welcome to Sex Savvy, where nothing is off limits. I'm Kimberly Resnick Anderson, your host and creator of Sex Savvy. I've been helping couples and individuals achieve optimal sexual health for more than 25 years. I am ready to share my unique insights and sex-positive approach with the world. We'll talk about hang-ups, kinks, fantasies, and function, what's hot, what's not, and most importantly, how to become sex-savvy. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Sex Savvy. I'm your host, Kimberly Resnick-Anderson. After airing my two-part episode on hookup apps, I got a lot of feedback from listeners, young and old, surprisingly not just old, about the terms that some of my guests use, the sort of internet jargon terms, the, the sex terms that are used by modern millennials around hooking up, and I decided it might be fun to do a little bonus episode to go over these internet sex terms so that you have the vocabulary that I have and you are aware of how these terms are being used and what their connotations are. So I'm going to offer you today Kimberly's decoding book of internet sex terms and how they're used. What's interesting about this to me is that many of these terms or the jargon that we use now, that's new, the actual name or title, but what's not new are the age-old dynamics of relationships. So for example, you've probably heard of catfishing, one of the more common popular terms that's sort of made its way into our vernacular But catfishing is when someone pretends to be someone that they're not, and they communicate with you online or through some sort of social media, misrepresenting who they are. And if you think about it, wasn't Cyrano de Bergerac catfishing Roxanne? So this is old stuff with a new modern shiny paint on it. Now, some of these are unique to technology because some of these things just didn't exist prior to the internet age. But what I find so interesting is that the underlying psychology and the the human behavior component to relationships and sex and dating has been in place for millennia and will continue to be around for millennia to come. So let's start with the word benching. You know how when you're playing sports, you get benched and the coach doesn't call you up until he needs you? That's basically what's happening if you're getting benched. Someone who is keeping you around just in case as sort of a plan B or in the event that your services are needed, but you're not one of the first string. There's a term I hear a lot in my office called big dick energy. I don't know if you've heard that. It was actually coined after the death of Anthony Bourdain, who was the chef and TV personality on CNN who committed suicide. Someone referred to him as having big dick energy, which basically means that a man has confidence and sense of masculinity that he doesn't have to flaunt. It's sort of knowing that he has a big dick, so he doesn't have to walk around trying to compensate for anything. And it's actually somewhat of a compliment to say someone has big dick energy because it means they're not trying too hard or coming across as desperate. 
Another term you may have heard is called breadcrumbing. Breadcrumbing is when you send out flirty but non-committal messages to a person when you're not really interested in dating them. This occurs when someone doesn't have the guts to be honest and break off communication, so they just throw crumbs to the other person in the hopes that that will suffice. And every couple days or weeks, they sort of send a quick, hey, what's up text, but they're not really invested in the relationship. So they're just breadcrumbing. We talked about catfishing and how that is a sort of blatant misrepresentation of who you are. There's a phrase called cuffing season. And cuffing, as in handcuffing, is typically the period between early fall and late winter when everyone starts to shack up or find the nearest half-decent person that they can spend time with to ward off loneliness and darkness during those cold winter months. And it actually implies a short-term, mutually beneficial arrangement that is strictly seasonal. And it typically ends as soon as spring starts and things start to grow again. The word cushioning is sort of similar to benching, except it is more about keeping a person or several people around to cushion the blow if your main relationship doesn't work out. So it's sort of a plan B as well, but it's keeping yourself cushioned or having someone waiting in the wings so that you are never without an opportunity to connect or hook up. Another term used by millennials is the DM slide. DM standing for direct message. And slide meaning to kind of sneak in or warm your way in. So a DM slide is when you direct message someone that you're interested in through private messaging functions available on all the major social media networks like Twitter or Instagram. You usually need to be what are called mutuals first, meaning that you follow each other. And it tends to occur after some public interaction, like liking each other's pictures or replying to something that someone posted. It, it's basically sliding into the process of entering someone's social media world to flirt with them. You may have heard the term the DTR convo. DTR standing for define the relationship conversation. And this is a, a, that pivotal moment in a relationship where you discuss your status. Are you an actual couple? Are you friends with benefits? Are you monogamous? And this tends to happen, you know, six to 12 months into sleeping with someone. There's no great mystery here. It's just basically a check-in about your status. Some people have what's called an emergency call built into their date. And I wrote recently in an article that was published in Huffington Post about having an exit strategy for a date, especially if you have a history of sexual trauma or are just getting back into the market. And I recommend having a sort of fake out that allows you to politely get out of a particularly bad date where you might have a code with a friend or family member. And if you text them the code, 
they send you a so-called emergency message, such as, you know, your dad's in the hospital or your dog got hit by a car. It can be a real lifesaver when you are feeling stuck in a bad date. The term fire dooring is an interesting one. This references the one-way door, the fire door, where you can exit, but you can never enter through the door. And this is sort of the dating version of that, where on rare occasions, someone will come out of their shell to contact you, but won't respond if you attempt to contact them. It's a setup that only works in deeply unequal relationships where there's a power differential. If you're getting fire doored, you are constantly being frustrated and only occasionally satisfied. If this is happening to you, my advice would be to close the door permanently because this is not a satisfying kind of way to be in a relationship. You may have heard of freckling, which is basically another way of saying a summer fling. Just as cold temperatures bring out cuffing season in the winter, summer brings out freckling season. And as temperatures warm up, freckles, the small patches of facial skin that darken during the summer are more obvious and hence the word freckling or summer fling. There's a term called a half night stand. Well, we've all heard of the one night stand that's been around forever. The half night stand is when you hook up with someone and You have sex, but you don't spend the night. You literally leave at 3 a.m. as soon as the encounter is over. And more and more people are engaging in half-night stands because sleeping next to someone feels too intimate after a casual or anonymous hookup. And the thought of waking up with someone feels uncomfortable without that level of familiarity and intimacy. So a lot of people are literally having sex and leaving. There's another term you may have heard of called haunting, also known as zombieing. And I'm going to throw in a third term called orbiting. And this is when you think someone is finished with you and it didn't work out. And then you notice that they are sort of lurking around like a zombie sort of coming back to life or a ghost haunting you or a satellite orbiting your environment. They don't officially or formally acknowledge their resurfacing, except that they might like an occasional post or watch your daily stories, but they don't comment and they don't interact. And it can be creepy, but it can also feel great if you're wanting the satisfaction of knowing that an ex is still keeping you on their radar. You probably heard of the term incel, I-N-C-E-L. Incel stands for involuntarily celibate. And this is a term that became popular on Reddit and describes men who basically can't get laid. They're celibate, but not by choice. They're involuntarily celibate, hence the word incel. The term is pretty demeaning, and not only are incels unappealing, but they tend to feel entitled and be aggressive and engage at least in rape banter or actual rape because they feel like if they can't get laid, they will just take what they deserve. So I'm hoping to do an actual whole episode on incels and interview some incels for you. It's a growing community and a very dangerous and creepy one. So something you should definitely be aware of if you haven't heard the term. 
I mentioned catfishing, but there's a lighter version of catfishing called kitten fishing. Kitten fishing is basically a lighter version of catfishing where you're not actually misrepresenting who you are in terms of having a totally different identity, but you portray yourself in an unrealistically positive light. For example, you Photoshop your pictures or you use an old picture from eight or 10 years ago where you looked much younger or you were much thinner. Kitten fishing is so rampant on social media that I would call it the standard. There aren't too many people who put pictures out there that represent them currently unless they're, you know, smoking hot and feel good about the way they look in that moment. But kitten fishing is certainly a common behavior online and sort of light fare of catfishing. Another term I want to talk to you about is called lockering. If you've ever experienced someone ditching you by claiming that they have to study for finals or study for a big project, when indeed they're just not interested in you, then you've been lockered. This is most common for high school and college age individuals, and it could be a prelude to what we call the Thanksgiving breakup or turkey dump, where the main feature of lockering is the claim that nothing's wrong. They're just focusing on their studies. It could occur at any point during the school year and not necessarily around Thanksgiving. So slightly different from turkey dump, but a specific excuse around needing to study or work or, you know, too busy with band or other extracurricular activities at school. I like the term love bombing, and this has been around forever. It's just the name that's new. Love bombing is when a new partner shows extreme amounts of interest and affection. They're clearly smitten. They go above and beyond to put their best foot forward. They're very loving, very attentive. They shower you with gifts and attention. And then once you are taken with them, once you sleep with them or get into a committed relationship with them, then all of a sudden, all the love is withdrawn and the affection disappears and their true colors shine through, leaving you stuck in the reality of, uh uh-oh, what have I done? So there are some very strategic guys out there known as POA, pickup artists or players. There's lots of terms who are very good at wooing and whining and dining and sort of making themselves irresistible. And they know what women love and they show it in spades until they sort of have someone under their spell and then they stop and are no longer offering that positive, amazing kind of interest. And it can be hard because women remember those early days. They remember how amazing things were in the beginning and they have tasted the wine, so to speak, and they see and have experienced the potential in this guy. So it's hard for them to write him off because they're like, well, I remember when things were great. And they hold on to that rather than acknowledging the status quo of the moment, which is that they have been love bombed. There's a term called micro-cheating, which is pretty self-explanatory. It's a form of cheating that may not lead to any kind of overt sexual contact or intercourse, but it's a flirting, 
it's a mild sort of emotional boundary crossing. This is sort of a low-level type of cheating where the cumulative dishonesty and infidelity leave people with a window open to someone other than their primary partner. It's sort of like a low-level emotional affair. And often partners are perceptive and they pick up on this kind of micro-cheating and their partner can adamantly deny that there's anything going on because on some level, technically they haven't cheated per se, but there's definitely this micro-cheating or this sort of very slight boundary crossing occurring and it's tough to get proof or bust them because there's nothing egregious happening. So it can be a little bit of a mind fuck and often gaslighters engage in this kind of micro cheating. Gaslighters, in case you aren't familiar with that term, gaslighting is a term that I use and talk about in my office virtually every day. It's when someone strategically yet subtly causes you to question your reality and wonder if you're crazy by denying something that's obvious, yet they suggest that it's your imagination or that you're paranoid. It comes from the classic film noir, Gaslight, in which a man and his lover plot to drive his wife insane so they can institutionalize her and take all of her money. So they dim the lights ever so slightly. And then when she comments on it feeling dark, he said to her, you know, dear, I'm very concerned. Are you okay? Maybe we should visit the doctor and sort of slowly and mercilessly drove her insane. It's a great movie if you've never seen it. It's a real classic. But people are gaslighted all the time in relationships, especially around a third party when someone is triangled in. Being gaslit can really shake you to your core and cause you to wonder if you are losing your mind. I'll probably do an episode on gaslighting at some point. It's a really fascinating dynamic. Another term that has worked its way into our common vernacular is Netflix and chill, which is basically a euphemism for staying at home and having sex. So they'll say, hey, you want to watch Netflix and chill, which is sort of code for come over and we'll watch a movie and we'll stop the movie and have sex or maybe not even put a movie on it in the first place. Another term that's new, this is one of the terms that's new to me as well, I'm familiar with the process, but I haven't heard the term. It's called fubbing, P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. And this is if you're out on a date or with your significant other and you notice they're paying way too much attention to their phone instead of you. They're checking Instagram, they're texting with someone, they're reading their Facebook feed, and it's pretty dismissive. And it's basically a way for people to use technology to stay in constant connection at the expense of the person that they're with. And it's actually a combination of the word phone and snubbing. So we have the word fubbing. Pie hunting is another term you may have heard of. A pie is a person with a disastrous dating history. Familiar with rejection and heartbreak, it comes from being pied off, which is British slang for being stood up or dumped. And some people seek pies, those would be the pie hunters, and they're looking for vulnerable people with messy dating histories who are 
easy to manipulate and low maintenance. It's a, it's a really nasty phenomenon, but it does occur out there. If you are a Matrix fan, you've probably heard of the term red pill or red pilling. This is a choice that people have to take the red pill or the blue pill. When someone swallows a red pill, so to speak, they are agreeing to or making the choice to get the hard, brutal truth about a situation or their life. When someone swallows the blue pill, they're choosing ignorant bliss and living in some sort of fantasy world where they don't truly appreciate what's happening. So for people who are ready to face the truth, they would be red pillars. And for people who need to stay in denial, those would be blue pillars. Roaching, as in cockroach, is a term when people hide the fact that they're dating around from a new partner and then when confronted, claim to have simply been under the assumption that there was no implication of monogamy to begin with. So this would be if you're in a new relationship and it's getting kind of hot and heavy and there's the unspoken but implied understanding that you're not dating other people. If you've been roached, it would be when someone questions you about your sneaky side dealings and you say, oh, were we monogamous? I didn't know that when you knew. So if that happens, you've been roached. We mentioned earlier the word half-night stand as opposed to a one-night stand. And another term that is thrown around these days is called a several-night stand. And this would be if a one-night stand was a product of sort of the loosening sexual mores where you might actually stay with someone for a couple of nights, hence the term several night stand. But there's not enough of a connection to take it beyond that. So it might be a three-day fling or a four-day fling on vacation, and you're never going to see the person again. But they were appealing enough to spend a couple days with as opposed to just one night or a half night. <laughs> In my interviews, from the last two episodes, you heard me talk about how millennials are more likely to have sex with someone than they are to go out on a date and meet each other's friends and family, that sex is the easy part and the dating is the intimate part. And there's a term that we use to refer to this called the sex interview. And a lot of people say, I want to know if we have chemistry. I want to know if we're compatible in the bedroom before I waste my time. I do see lots of couples who waited to have sex until they were married for whatever variety of reasons, and they were deeply disappointed to discover that there was no chemistry. I'm working with a couple right now. They've been married two and a half years. They waited to have sex until they were married, and she feels like they don't have any chemistry, that their sexual styles are different, that she's not responsive to his touch, that she's actually kind of creeped out by the way he touches her and has sex with her. So she's initiating a divorce because it really isn't improving after two and a half years and she feels like it's a deal breaker. Had they had sex prior to marriage, she might have avoided or dodged that bullet. So I, I see it as a practical kind of intervention to, okay, let's get in bed and see if we have fun together. And then we'll decide if I want to go on a date with you or have you meet my friends or family. That's called the sex interview. There's another term that's used that's called a situationship. 
And the best way I can describe this is that it's comparable to Facebook's its complicated relationship status. It's similar to a casual relationship, but it stops short of constituting a serious relationship. But it's not nothing either. It's sort of an in-between, like, you're not my boyfriend, but you're more than a hookup. That would be called a situationship. <laughs> Another term you may have heard is called slow fade. The slow fade is the process of ending a kind of fizzled relationship or fling by gradually reducing contact and increasing response times if someone texts you. It's sort of a smoother version of breadcrumbing where the person doing the fading will sort of taper off contact, like gradually turning down the volume on a song. And I see this a lot. It's different than ghosting because you don't just disappear. It's more of a subtle thing, hence the word slow fade. A term that's new to me is called a snack. And a snack is a very attractive person, someone who sort of has jaw-dropping sex appeal. A snack inspires what I referred to earlier as DM slides or thirsty texts, which are sort of self-explanatory. A snack is a powerful force in the world where the mere presence of someone can cause those in close proximity to lose their minds entirely. A snack is when someone is so attractive, you almost want to eat them up, right? So this would be, you know, you say, oh my God, did you see the snack over there? It's kind of degrading and objectifying, but it's certainly a popular term in the internet jargon world. There's something that I see and hear about in my office all the time, and it actually has a name. It's called stashing. Stashing is when a person won't introduce you to their friends or family and they don't mention you on social media ever. Even if you spend the weekend together and you go out and do stuff and they take pictures with you, they keep them secret or they basically stash them. It can cause people to feel like a dirty little secret. I was just a guest on a podcast yesterday that will be airing in August. I'll let you know when it comes out. But it was a Sex and the City fan club podcast where two comedians take each episode of Sex and the City and break it down. And they invited me on as an expert to talk about certain themes and dynamics in that show and to diagnose the four main characters and also to offer a fantasy version of how I would have predicted their early life to be. It was really, really fun. And the episode that we were focusing on was season one, episode 12, called Come All Ye Faithful. If there are any Sex in the City fans out there, this was the episode in which Carrie accidentally found Big at church with his mom and wanted to meet his mom. And he was quite reticent. And she sort of snuck in and forced a meeting. And when she introduced herself as Carrie, she was looking for some glimmer of recognition in Big's mom's eyes. But clearly, Big had not told his mom about Carrie. So he was engaging in stashing. But it was really fun going on that podcast. And I will let you know when it airs next month. There's a term called stealthing, and this is a really aggressive behavior. It's when at the very last minute, a guy stealthily or sneakily removes his condom and 
hopes that a woman doesn't realize or discover that he's riding bareback during intercourse. And this is clearly a form of aggression and abuse where a man could end up getting someone pregnant without her consent. And it is definitely something that occurs out there and something that should be in the spotlight for women to kind of monitor and be aware of and have a discussion with their partner prior to intercourse to make clear that sex without a condom is not an option. There was a term I kept hearing in my office and I didn't quite get it, but it's a term called tea, which is basically exchanging hot gossip. There were a lot of women saying, I got tea or I spilled tea and I didn't know what they were talking about. So if someone has tea, it means they have sort of dirt on you or information about you that could be used against you. And it's something that people reference online all the time. You've probably heard the term bay which stands for before anyone else. And that's sort of a term of endearment, how you might refer to your significant other as your bae. We've all heard of MILF. I assume you know what a MILF is. It's, it's the abbreviation for a mother I would like to fuck. Well, Zaddy, Z-A-D-D-Y, is the male version of a MILF, which is sort of an older man oozing with sex appeal, that young women or middle-aged women find attractive and they'll say, oh my God, I met a zaddy today. Another term, OTP, stands for one true pairing. And this is when someone has an emotional investment in any particular couple and sees them as the perfect example or standard for a relationship. For example, there were a lot of people invested in Benefer, which was, you know, Ben and Jennifer. And people hold out this term OTP as this sort of perfect pairing and compare themselves to the OTP. You may have heard the term ship or shipping. And this is when you have a feeling, you just know that two people should be together, sort of like the one true pair I just mentioned, and you might try to ship them together or, you know, make a match. I can think of two TV couples where America was highly invested in them shipping or morphing into a relationship, hence the word shipping. One was from the show Moonlight. I don't know if you remember that one. It was with Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis, and America was definitely trying to ship them. Another example was from the show X-Files. There were a lot of people saying, just let Mulder and Scully hook up already and get it over with because there was a definite sexual tension there. And it occurs when people can sort of palpably sense some chemistry, even if the two parties involved are unaware of it. When an unfortunate or random hookup occurs, we refer to that as a waxident. You may have heard the term fuckboy, spelled F-U-C-K-B-O-I-I. That's a guy who sort of tricks you into thinking he's a sweetheart, so you sleep with him but then he becomes an asshole. This would be sort of comparable to love bombing without all the bells and whistles. I hear the term charity dip a lot, which is basically letting someone into your hookup or having you know charity or pity sex with them. That's called charity dip. 
There's a hookup hangover, which is the disgusting feeling you have the morning after a hookup when it wasn't terribly fun or there's no connection at all and you kind of feel gross and want to take a shower. I hear guys talk about the mad dash, which refers to the desperate scramble at the end of the night to find someone to hook up with. So if the bar is closing and you haven't connected with anyone, you might engage in a mad dash to kind of scan the room and see who will pass in the dark so you can at least get laid and have some fun. There's a term called a get, G-E-T, and this is when you hook up with a person that you feel is out of your league. They may be cooler, hotter, skinnier, better, prettier, you know, more masculine, whatever the case may be. And you're sort of like, I got to get like a bonus or something beyond your expectation. There's a term I like called fast food, which is a hookup due to convenience of location or proximity to another person. So it's sort of like a booty call, but it's a booty call based on convenience or location, and it's called fast food. I actually asked my oldest son if he had heard of this term, and he hadn't, but he laughed and thought it was great. The word Ted, that's the name you call a guy who you have no interest in getting to know. So if you hear someone referred to as a Ted, that's not a good thing. We all remember the, you know, tie on the door or the light in the window shade, meaning I have someone in my room take a hike. There's a term now called sexiled, when a roommate needs the room and the person gets kicked out and has nowhere to go. So that's another word that is often used on the internet. There's a word called tradar in the spirit of gaydar, and it's the ability or capacity in men to find women who are train wrecks, hence the word tray. Women who are either homely or have mental or emotional problems and are considered easy prey. And there are a subset of men who can sort of smell these women and are easy to manipulate. And these guys with tradar may be exploitive or predatory, or they may just have a good emotional read on someone and not exploit them, but rather stay away because they can sense that they are a train wreck. So there are some terms and phrases. If there was a term that was particularly offensive to you, let me know. If you use these terms on a regular basis, let me know if I captured the spirit or essence of the definition in a correct and accurate way. I thought it might be fun to talk about these words because, as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, so many people wrote in and said, I don't know what the hell those people were talking about when they reference some of these terms in my hookup app episodes. And, you know, they mentioned specific things like ghosting or breadcrumbing or catfishing. And they were like, please explain. I don't know what these people were talking about. So because I hear these terms every day and I need to be up on the latest terminology and jargon, I thought it might be fun to give you this primer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I look forward to talking with you next week on Sex Savvy. You've been listening to Sex Savvy. 
If you find value in this podcast, please like, follow, share, comment, or review on your favorite podcast app. Your participation helps keep sex savvy free and available to all who are interested. Kimberly and the entire sex savvy team appreciate your loyalty and support.